We don't have an opening today. You know what? We should use ChatGPT. You're right, you're right. This is the Issues Watch Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Issues Watch Podcast. I'm Brad Muniz, your host for the bi-weekly accounting and auditing episodes. I'm an insurance principal at Clifton Larson Allen, and back with me today is Frank Boudelet, an emeritus partner at Witham and my co-presenter for the Society's Law and Ethics webinars. Welcome back, Frank. Glad to be here, Brad. Great. These episodes qualify for nano CPE credit. If you're interested in earning CPE credit for this episode, hit the pause button now and head over to njcpa.org slash nano to find out how. Quick disclaimer, the views and statements expressed herein are our own and not necessarily those of NJCPA, CLA, or Witham. Whew, that's a lot of stuff to say. That is. Good, good wonder what ChatGPT would have said. I'm going to ask them for a disclaimer next time. But fortunately, we don't have a lot of content. We can go through all that because the FASB and the ACPA have been very quiet lately. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Since COVID... They had, you know, in the past they put out 20 pronouncements a year, to, not as much AACPA, but the FASB definitely hasn't been as much. No. But a lot of the pronouncements they do put out are more complex. Yeah, with the. Uh, and get delayed Re- 30 times. Yeah, RevRec, uh, leases, CECL. But the most recent meet, one of the most recent meetings is a private company council. And the private company council is a body that's under the, the FASB that looks at the guidance that's out there and determines if they should modify it to make it, in essence, a little easier or less complicated for private companies. So you should follow what they're doing, especially if you're at a private company or if you work for uh, private companies, you should uh, look to see what they're doing. In their recent meeting, they had some discussions on various topics. Disclosure improvements in response to SEC release on disclosure simplification. And I find it very interesting. It's the PCC, and they're looking to see what the SEC had put out there. Okay. Credit losses in purchase financial, uh, uh, purchase financial assets. We talked about that on a recent episode. Go look at that episode. Scope of application of profit interest awards. Now, this is a sneaky one, this profit interest, and I have a real suspicion a lot of people are missing this mm-hmm. because there are a lot of LLCs, and that's been a new thing that they put those profit interests in there. Uh, accounting for disclosure of software costs, which I think is going to be big. And then they, ha- put, uh, they discuss the accounting for income tax disclosure changes. So you know that there was a exp- an exposure draft that came out. Correct. Now, but the exposure draft is for everybody. Right. Not just PCC. But the PCC looked at the comments that were made by people, and I know the uh, ANA Interest Group actually put in a comment, and they were saying that they're pretty much in line with what the disclosure requirements are going to be in there. So... While that got that exposure draft is for everybody, the PCC is saying, okay, yeah, we think that it fits. Now, why it's important for you out there, especially if you're a private company or dealing with private companies, there's a lot of things that's going to hit. Absolutely. A lot. I mean, I, I honestly, when I first saw the exposure draft, I'm like, you know, I gave the accountants a rebuttal to everything. It's stupid. <laughs> So I'm going to read off some of the stuff. State and local income tax, net of federal income tax effect. Okay. Foreign tax effects. Enacted uh, enactment of new tax laws. Effect of cross-border laws. Mm. Tax credits. Valuation allowance. Now, we always had valuation allowances. Non-taxable, non-deductible items. And this is all disclosure that you're going to have to have about this. Changes in unrecognized tax benefits. 
And then here's some fun ones. Certain disclosure for certain reconciling items equal to or greater than 5% of income from continuing operations mm -hmm. and state and local foreign tax effect. So it's 4%, you don't have to deal with it. There we go. <laughs> and then the last one that I, I, I picked up on, which I think is going to be a lot, is taxes paid. Mm -hmm. They want you to disclose year to date, and that's already on the statement of cash flow. Right. However, net of refund, they want it disaggregated by federal and state foreign taxes equal up, that equal up to 5% of total income taxes paid. So now you're going to have to list out all the states that you pay to. A lot more transparency. And as I think we've seen a lot of these pronouncements. They're looking at more transparency so the user can understand it better. But the problem is the companies putting these disclosures together have to understand them too. Yeah. And this is, this is complex information, a lot of information, and at the end of the day, what is the user really going to benefit from that? You know, and especially the breakdown of the different states and jurisdictions where the taxes are. Okay, I, got I owe Missouri $50,000 and I got New Jersey $10,000 refund, and you're going to show that all on that disclosure. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. So elect S or be an LLC, then oh, you don't have to deal with that. You have some items on the PCOB, right? I do. I do have some items on the PCOB. And the reason that PCOB is important is because a lot of times what happens at the PCOB will trickle down to the AICPA. They always catch on. So the PCOB released um, in the at the end of July um, a, uh, st a spotlight, a staff update and preview of 2022's inspection observations. So they had their inspection. They, and they do inspections every year, and they tabulate what's going on with these inspections. They looked at 157 firms in 22, 710 financial statements or engagements. 40% okay. had at least one deficiency, 40%. That would be 280 of the 700 engagements that they looked at were deficient. It was up from 2021 had 34% and 2020 was 29%. So it sounds like we're doing worse. That's not <laughs> good. It's not good. So the thing I say, and this is, again, my personal opinion, maybe the standards are too complex. <laughs> Just saying, we can't get them right. So the issues they found were sufficient um, evaluation of internal control, testing the accuracy, completeness. Completeness is huge right now. The, the PCLB is all over. The, how do you have completeness on, on the work you're looking mm -hmm. at? They look at that. Uh, and then the, the normal things, revenue, uh, is revenue auditing it and disclosing it is a problem. Accounting estimates and understanding and what are the risks to accounting estimates. Business combinations, I feel we just don't do it right at all. Inventory and uh, long-lived assets. So those are the five significant areas that they're finding issues on these financials. So if you are auditing a company and you're a public company, look at those five areas. Concentrate your work on those five areas because the PCLB is zoning in on those. And those last two really surprised me. It's funny, you said maybe the, the guidance is too complex. Right. And there was a, a Wall Street Journal article out there that their public companies are taking material weaknesses because they don't have the staff to be able to right. apply all, these new, all this new guidance that's out there. That's right. So it's, it's concerning. It is. And, and this is going to then, and obviously those five areas are going to trickle down to peer review. Because they oh. start putting alerts out for peer reviews. Hey, look at revenue recognition. Look at disclosures. Look at accounting estimates. How is the risk assessment being applied? So we're going to see that on, on all of you. So this, this invo will involve every company that's out there. And as you said at the beginning, what starts at the PCOB, the SEC trickles down, trickles down, trickles down. Absolutely. Okay, great.
Uh, on an ASCPA update, there was a good Journal of Accountancy article, and I was unfortunately it was an article. I wish that they would put this out more as a, of a guide. On it's an and it's a NAR. Actually, their article says it's a non-authoritative guide for accountants uh, with discussion about digital assets, general ledger account management, uh, establishing internal controls, complying with anticipated regulatory changes around uh, around reconciliations and disclosures. That's how th how they described it. In reality, it was a really good article mm -hmm. as it relates to digital assets because this is a really tough area. And there was, the FASB has an exposure draft to, uh, addressing crypto mm -hmm. assets. And if people are getting into this, I strongly recommend that you look for this. Literally, just Google uh, taxonomy of digital assets and you'll see the article. But I'll tell you what some of the information is in there. It uh, takes the digital assets and it breaks it down into three categories. Mm -hmm. Central bank uh, digital currency, fungible crypto assets. I like that word, fungible. I do too. <laughs> I, I can eat it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you have non-fungible tokens. And, you know, for me, I'm an older guy and I hear mm -hmm. this stuff and I know a lot of the uh, people that are involved in this understand this a lot more. You, you talk with Sean Stein-Smith and you know, he's all over this. But to try and give you a little background on what these are, uh, Central bank digital currency is a uh, controversial digital asset uh, would be minted and controlled by nations, uh, the nation's central bank. As of February 23, uh, 11 countries have launched the CBDCs with 100 more uh, investigating what they should be doing. So that, that's, that's big when you have countries that are actually coming out with this stuff now. Fungible crypto assets, uh, each unit of a fungible crypto asset has an equal value to the other units of the same denomination, Bitcoin. similar to Bitcoin, right. Mm -hmm. And then non-fungible non -fungible tokens uh, use crypto, cryptography to generate a unique ID or token representing a physical or digital object that is linked to the owner's wallet, um, uh, wallet, addre wallet address using a blockchain transaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a tough time reading that. Imagine trying to understand it. Well, we at Rhythm, we had a couple of these NFTs, and they're just they're tokens, and they're used in their ecosystem. They set up an ecosystem that utilize these tokens. I said, I don't want to handle these anymore. <laughs> so I pass it on to those younger people that understand that stuff more than me. And what's interesting is the accounting. The, the article noted that the accounting for the NFTs haven't been defined yet. Right. So if you look at the exposure draft, they're really not looking at this. So it, it's, I'm a little concerned about this, but it is something very interesting, and you should pick up the article to find out what the accounting, uh, the taxonomy for digital assets is. It's really good. One thing I want to say, Brad, you know, you talk about crypto and Bitcoin and all that, and it seems like the currencies are turning, going away from the dollar to something else. You know that there are 30% of the population in the United States is over 55 years old. Okay. So I know I would never touch a crypto. Right. And so I'm assuming that everyone over 55 might feel the same way. So they only have 70% of the people who are going to use this. So they have to wait till all the rest of us die before this becomes 100%. Right. That's what I'm thinking. You think they're going to wait that long? I think they have to. Uh, I, had a, I had a similar discussion with somebody in my office saying our age group, yeah. our generation, put, assi assign something to the value of a dollar or whatever currency. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be tough. So if you'd like to learn more about accounting for and taxation for digital assets, visit njcpa.org slash hub slash crypto. That page includes uh, an Issues Watch podcast episode by NJCPA member Sean Stein-Smith with some of the latest crypto guidance. The page also lists a number of upcoming webinars and events on crypto accounting. 
Lastly, be sure to join the NJCPA Accounting and Auditing Standards Interest Group and the Emerging Technologies Interest Group. Sign up for free at njcpa.org groups. Frank, thanks for joining me again. Glad to be here. So I'm going to hug you. I know, but don't. And thank you for watching or listening.